You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hello. Welcome to the show today, interweb people. I'm glad to have you. Right out the gate, I want to address something. Yes, I am aware that I am congested, and I'm congested on the entirety of this episode. So apologies for that, but the show must go on, and so I soldiered forth. I want to get into this episode as quickly as possible, but I have just a couple things to note before we jump right in. First being another update on the vinyl for the American Cyclops release. I'm still waiting on that. I I don't know. Unfortunately, I just don't have that much information other than supply chain issues. Um, I will keep everybody as updated as possible. Please shoot me a message if that's not going to work for you, if uh, you need to change plans and we can get you your money back if that is uh, the case. But so far, you know, I just don't have any information and I'm sorry that I don't, but I will keep everyone is updated as possible on all of that. It's just, it's totally out of my hands at this point, but I'm, I'm checking in, I'm keeping the pressure on, and hopefully we will see something materialize on that front very, very soon. Uh, thank you everyone who did support that release. If you still want to get in on it, I know this is the worst sales pitch in the world, but you still can. I did order plenty of copies and uh, there are still some available that I will be signing. So if that's your thing, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you to everyone who did place an order on that. And I promise I will keep everybody posted with updates as as I have them. So there you go. And sort of along the same lines, I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show lately. Uh, people have been buying from the affiliates. They've been making sure to check out at ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater and ToneMob.com slash Reverb when they are buying their gear. And that helps out a crazy amount. It really does. The patrons have been super supportive. People are climbing on board the new uh, Apple subscription option, which is nice. And uh, I just wanted to update everyone on that too. I am posting all the new 
bonus content as it's released, but the backlog, which is all on Patreon currently, which will will remain on Patreon. It's not going anywhere. This is strictly for the new Apple subscribers. I'm going through all of those old episodes and uploading them, and there's like 200 plus. So it's probably going to take me a couple months uh, to do that in between all the other things that I do and get that whole back catalog populated for you. But rest assured, it is coming, and I will be releasing new ones every week uh, on both Patreon and the Apple Premium subscription. So all of that content is coming. I've got some really great guests coming up. And yeah, just thank you so much for keeping this thing going and sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing, all of that stuff. I know you get tired of hearing podcasters request these things, but really, it helps so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's probably enough blabbering for the top of this episode. Let's get into this one with my dude, Jake from Glitchers. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally. Sometimes I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Jake Hayden from Glitchers, one of my new favorite bands. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah, good, good. It's a bit bit wet here. Better keep up the British, you know, start with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Can we have some of it, please? I'm I'm in Oregon, and we're, you know, normally really similar in climate to you guys, but... Uh, no, been dry as a bone here for months. Oh, no, good. no. We haven't even had a summer yet. <laughs> it's been cold. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Send it my way, please. <laughs> what part of the UK are you uh, Are you from? Uh, the East Coast, Norfolk. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I do another podcast, uh, and the other co-host is a is a British bloke, and I can't I can never get my geography 100% correct. He's always correcting me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell the audience because they might be interested. We met because you guys have a video that somebody filmed of you guys, and it went pretty viral, I would say. I, I yeah. shared it on the Tone Mob Instagram because I thought it was rad. And uh, I, I saw it on Facebook, and it was uncredited. I actually had to like look for you guys. I was like, I, this has to be a thing. Yeah. Like This has to be. And so I had to look around and find you guys to tag you. Um Glad I did because now we get to do this. Yeah, yeah. I dove into your music and I was like, "Oh, this is this is my thing." So, um, tell me how you guys started doing that. Like, what's your what's your whole musical backstory? How did you get here? Like, oh, it's it was a long time coming of playing in bars to absolutely nobody. You know, the music mm -hmm. scene in England. If you haven't already got a fan base, it is dying. Clubs are closing. Bars are closing. And it got to the point where I was like, maybe I could just play on the streets. And that idea just tinkered for a while. Then lockdown came. And I mm -hmm. said to my partner, Sophie, I was like, if I teach you to play drums, when stuff starts to reopen, let's hit the streets. And she was like, yeah, okay then. And I never expected mm -hmm. it. So I was like, right, teach her no drums every day during lockdown. And as soon as the shops really? were open, we were like, right, let's go. And we just hit the streets. She's good though. Like she just basically just barely started playing. Yeah, essentially, never played like an a year in her life. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Because I was watching her, I'm like, wow, she's really a really good drummer. Yeah, like, yeah, she has really put a lot of time and effort in, which 
Like it shows, like yes, he's not perfectly in time, but it's punk. Who's ever in time it's, when you're jumping I into mean, something? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it's perfect for what it is. I mean, genuinely, I was. That's extremely surprising. I was like, she's, she's good. Yeah, so that's cool. And we were like, okay, let's take this to the streets and just see what happens. And we put in a donation bucket out and just see them, you know, <laughs> what the people's right. reaction would be. And it's been incredible. Yeah, some people hate it. You get it same online as you do actually on the streets. Some people love it. Other people will try and shut us down. But that's just the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because the setup is so simple. You just plug in. Yeah. You have a megaphone. Like, but it just the whole vibe fits. But it's for how raw that is. It was honestly a little bit surprising to hear how polished the recordings are. Like, yeah, we, it's still raw and aggressive music, but the tones and the the production is really good on it. Oh, how thank did, you. What's, I did that what's myself. The <laughs> you did that. You did a great job, man. I was loving it. Yeah, we, it. we did it at home during the lockdowns that happened in the winter after we'd been on the streets a bit. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've literally only got garage band. That, that's all I've got. And we just plugged, you know, a mic up to the guitar amp and just made it work. Really? Oh man, that's impressive. I, I made a record on GarageBand too, but it's this big weird thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> everyone has but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I use GarageBand for everything and I, I get made fun of sometimes for it, but I'm like, I haven't found its limit yet for yeah, me. I know so, it has them. Yeah, I, I'm just such a novice, you know, recording quote unquote engineer that I, you know, yeah, <laughs> haven't found haven't found what it can't do yet. I'm sure it's there, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah, every time I'm like, oh, I don't know if it can do this. I go onto Google. I'm like, oh no, wait, it can. I just didn't know. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's so rad, man. And so you recorded it probably like where you're sitting. I must. Yeah, say, yeah. Some bits in here. I think we did one of the guitar takes in the kitchen because it sounded better. Like we were just moving around. I did one vocal track in my car parked in a field because the neighbors were getting annoyed at me shouting and screaming all day. So I was like, that's all right, I'll get in the car, I'll go park up in a field, just finish it there. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so funny. I love it. You're just you're just totally DIYing it. I love that. But I genuinely like thought the guitar sounded really good. Yeah, so. yeah I was impressed too, because you know we are DIY punks. We haven't got the best gear. It's just cheap, crappy gear. But it works as long as you put the effort in. It's how you use it. So yeah. what are you using? What what is it exactly? Um, if I'm honest, I have no idea. I think it was a an eBay buy from a parent before <laughs> at Christmas or something. <laughs> it was just a, a cheap stocking filler, but it just worked. And like I did a line in as well straight from the head. But like right. just the rawness of it actually worked. Mm-hmm. That is blowing my mind right now <laughs> see this just proves the tone is not in the gear all the time it's sometimes in how you use it yes yeah, 100 ridiculous so did you learn anything production wise while you were doing that that you you would impart to anybody else just starting out um i say yes but i can't actually remember like what i did if that makes sense like, a lot of the time mm -hmm. was spent looking at the different dials on the garage band and just moving yeah. stuff and using my ear to go, yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah, it's a bit like how I play guitar. Someone asked the other week, they're like, have you got any tips for punk musicians? Like how to play guitar like a punk? I'm like, I don't really know. I just do it. <laughs> I just like, hit it just until like, the noise comes do out. Do it and yeah. put your heart into it and just see what happens. I suppose that's what happened with recording. Like 
if someone sat mm-hmm. next to me, they're like, what do you just do? No, I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So is it, is it, I know live it's just guitar and drums. Do you put any bass or anything else on it when you're recording at home? Yeah, we used a, a micro pog, which is what I use when we do venue gigs. So it's gotcha. got a similar sound because I didn't want to use a bass because we don't use one live. So I right. plugged the guitar in as I would on stage and did that kind of that way for the recording. So you have got a, a guitar on its own, but you've also then got it through the pog too to give it that bottom end. Ah, uh, okay. That's what I was hearing. I'm like, this sounds fuller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I think there is probably a, like two guitar tracks left and right just to bring it up, but they're not playing anything different. It's just to make it sound nicer. Yeah. That's one thing, and this is there's probably some like record, actual like recording engineer listening to this. It's like, oh geez. Well, actually, Nick, who does the editing, yeah, he's probably he's gonna, gonna be like, oh geez, guys, you guys are so <sighs> novice. Uh, but like that was one of the biggest things in getting like recorded guitar to sound dir- dirty guitar, especially. Yeah. To sound good, it was double tracking, and then I I almost always hard pan yeah. right and left, and then if I didn't actually double track it and like literally play it again if i just you know copied and pasted or had a di in or something i move it like a millisecond separate yeah from the other one and it's just like boom there it is that's what yeah, that's what we've huge. been hearing all these years so hot tip for anybody who knows less than me which is probably yeah <laughs> most of this audience probably knows way more but you know good stuff so how long have you been playing guitar? Oh, I've been playing since my teens. So we're talking nearly 15 years, I think now. Mm-hmm. And for someone to ask that, and then they see Sophie on drums, who's been playing a year, like I'm such a sloppy guitarist. Like <laughs> I can play. If I sit down and I try, I can play. You know, I can pick a guitar up, put something on Spotify and just learn it instantly, you know. But when I'm playing my actual songs. I'm such a sloppy guitarist. <laughs> it doesn't show that I've been playing 15 years. <laughs> I can relate to that. I definitely can. But I think, you know, it's the energy more than anything that people are vibing yeah, with, especially it's like, it's not your normal busking situation exactly. No, it's not. <laughs> Do you ever have mosh pits break out? Yeah, we have started to. Like, since this video's blown up, we've been turning up to places and there's been, you know, kids sat on the street waiting for us in a group. And, like, as soon as we yeah. start, they're up jumping, moshing with each other. Like, they just don't care who's around. It's almost as if, like, we've created our own gig bubble in the yeah. center of cities. It turns up, we do our 15 minutes, and then it's gone again. And it, it, it's oh, really man, cool. Oh, man, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. I wonder, like, how big it can get before it's problematic, you know? That's what we have been thinking, because obviously every band dreams of getting big and, you know, being able to live off it well, not live off it like we do, you know, actually be able to have nice things like everyone else who works. Um, Of course. But yeah, there's definitely big problems with this moving forward, because we always want to play on the streets. You know we're going to go into venues, you know, there's bands we want to support and stuff, but we always want to keep playing the streets too. And it's like, Maybe it'll have to be moved to outside the venues that we're playing. Or mm-hmm. otherwise, if there's too many people, it'll just be we're playing this city 
find us. <laughs> you know, that kind of vibe. If it's if we're that big, you know, we're playing this city on this day, find us. You know, you'll know our rough spots and rough times. Yeah. <laughs> and just see what happens. I love that so much. I I'm trying to think. I haven't experienced, I'm trying to think of the biggest show that I saw on the street it was probably years ago. And it it was a much calmer event uh than what your show would be. Yeah. But after the um it was when Thrice did their their farewell farewell tour. They were here in Portland, and they did it at several spots. But here in Portland, they kind of made an announcement like, "Hey, Dustin's going to go play an acoustic set." Yeah, you know, outside after the show, and so the whole crowd, like, so so I don't know how big that place is two thousand people or so, yeah. just whoosh, like, where's it at? Yeah, where's it at? That's just, like, all these kids <laughs> going across the street, and it just was in a random parking lot. Yeah. In the middle of the night. And uh, yeah, it was such a cool experience. There's something about that, just like total raw, you know, yeah. non-produced, just like, it's. I mean, it's where music started, right? Yeah. That's how it all started. And it feels completely different. Like when mm-hmm. we play venues, like I still love it, having the lights and, you know, it sounded good and things like that. It's great. But there's just something different about being on the streets directly with the people and not knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so in that video, there's a a police officer that like in the the, the viral one, there's there's yeah. several videos, but in the one that most people have seen, uh, he comes up to you and it seems like he you, you're not really you're in, you know, you're fully in the moment and it doesn't even look like you realize he's yeah. there. And he comes up to you and then he's like, it looks like he's like, nah, never mind. And just walks away. Yeah, like, literally. It like... <laughs> At that one, uh, the police did circle back round later to see that we were actually packing down and finished. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he just came up and shouted in my ear. He was like, no, stop. And he just saw that I was not listening. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to get out of the way. The song will be finished soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not worth the hassle, right? Yeah. And th- there's some times where we have been hassled. And the most recent mm-hmm. one was uh, outside the O2 Forum in London. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Youngblood that was playing and we were like yeah you know his crowd they might get what we do so we set up totally as the crowd came out we started playing and the security from the venue came over and just started grabbing us they chucked the megaphone on the floor they ripped the lead out of the amp I was like really res- yeah I was wrestling with one of the security putting the lead in and out of my amp and he then pushed <laughs> me into my amp and I was like you know what you can't do this so you know we just had a good shout at them and put them in their place the crowd yeah. started chanting, one more, one more. The security guard walked off and we played anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I love that so much. That is my favorite. Yeah. That is but my it, very it's favorite It's mad thing. because like, we set up outside venues to give them like the after party, just a 10-minute, 15-minute thing straight after. And it's mad yeah. how like mad they get, how angry these security that are working at a music venue when music is being played. <laughs> like It blows my mind. <laughs> It's maybe it's something to do with like this is the only way I can rationalize it. Maybe yeah. it's something to do with like the sooner we get these people out of here, the sooner we can go home. Yeah, that you know? must be it. <laughs> I think it is. So I remember I was hanging out at a show. I was getting it was actually uh, the time I've talked about a million times. I did an interview with Brian Fallon uh, after a ten year Gaslight reunion thing. Yeah, and we were in Boston at the House of Blues, and we were told just wait out here and we'll come get you. 
you know? Yeah. And then we can go on the bus and do the thing. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And then pretty soon we're like the only ones in there and security's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm going to interview Brian. And they were like, yeah, sure. I'm like, no, for real. Like I'm supposed to go on the bus and interview him. They're like, yeah, why don't you go ahead? And they were like, literally kind of like shoving yeah. us out the door. Probably because they have crazy people all the time that try yeah. to do things like that, you know? And finally was able to get a hold of, get a hold of them and they came out, but it was like, I don't know where, what's going to happen here. But I think it literally is just like, they want to go done. home. Yeah. They go home. <laughs> They're like, oh, what more ruckus. Oh, no, I can't deal with this. Shut it down. <laughs> I can't, I can't have another kid land on my head. Yeah. At this point <laughs> in the night. <laughs> oh man. But like, I think, uh, I think it's probably going to work out for you. You know, if I'm making a prediction, you just keep doing this. Yeah, that's that's the plan is just to keep going. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was listening to your podcast with Frank Aero and mm-hmm. he, he said something that stuck out to me. It was like he was a musician. You know, there was no going back to a day job. That was it. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I was like, I put the bucket out on the street. We play. We make as much money as we're meant to make. And I just carry on. You know, I don't mm-hmm. see myself doing something else just. I want to play music because I'm a musician. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I don't know, we're trying something different by doing everything for donations, trying to make music art, as in, you know, if you go to an art gallery, you look at the value of a art piece by the viewer, not the artist. You know, it's sold right. at an auction. And I was like, what if we did that for music? But it also then flips it for someone like me that's like, well, I'll make enough money. And you just have to trust. It's that blind faith. And it, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a I think it's a really cool approach because you know it's really hard to do when you start from where you did. You know, yeah. you start from zero. And that's always the hardest place. Yeah, it you is. Know, I I started from zero with this, and uh it's not the same thing, obviously. Yeah. But just like trying to get one person to pay attention. Yeah. But but the way that you've gone about it is whether people like it or not, somebody's going to pay attention. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that is that is a hundred percent it. And it it as I said, it came from that pissed off kid that was like, I don't want to play to a bar with a man and his dog <laughs> just staring right. at me. I would rather go play on the streets and anyone who likes us stick around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have a pretty stripped down rig at, at this point, and you probably will for all the street stuff. Yeah. But do you have like, like, oh, this is my dream guitar. This is my yeah, 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 dream 100%. amp. What are you looking at? Oh, I love the Telecasters, like what I'm playing oh, yeah. at the moment, but I'm only playing a Squire. You know, we're literally, mm-hmm. as you said, we're at zero. We're at the starting point. <laughs> it's the fun and tough bit. And it's a lovely yeah. guitar, but I'd, I'd really like a proper American-made Fender telly i'd mm-hmm. love one they just i don't know i've, I've been into guitar shops and held them and they, they just feel nicer <laughs> yeah totally totally uh, i mean there's something about a good telly you yeah know? there is it, it's a it's a workhorse you know i i try to remind some people that like when leo came up with that design he wasn't necessarily trying to come up with like the world's best playing yeah best sounding thing he was trying to come up with something that was able to be mass produced and have consistency to it yeah that you know that was at least acceptable because a lot of people will put these things on the, these weird pedestals and it's like well a telly design if you look at it it's pretty it's, yeah it's pretty basic <laughs> it's pretty basic but man that's why it's so great 
It's, yeah. uh, it's just, yeah. They kind of look like a, a strap, but they just couldn't be bothered to carve out that, that top <laughs> bit. <laughs> you know? that's, that's too much work. Yeah. You can't bother with that. But it's that's weird awesome. because the telly is what brought me over from Gibson. I was always a Gibson oh. player. I had, I don't know, I've had about four or five SGs growing up. Mm-hmm. Angus Young was like my hero. Yeah. And they're lovely guitars, but as soon as someone gave me that telly, I was just, there was no turning back. Mm -hmm. i I sold my sg and i bought two tellies (laughs) oh wow man you totally converted yeah so well i want to talk about the rest of the stuff you'd like to get someday but since we're on the subject angus young who are some of your other like heroes i know we have some crossover here that we've already talked about off the air but yeah uh, it's thing is growing up i was always into classic rock i haven't grown up in like the punk scene the punk mm-hmm. era has come on later in my life. So yeah. I was always listening to 90% of the time it was ACDC. I had that phase. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, My Chemical Romance, huge influence. I had a knockoff white Epiphone thing, um, Les Paul, the same as what Frank had and put my own Dude. stickers on it. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, that's why I have one over. It, you can't see it, but it's over yeah. over there. I'll show it to you later. That, but yeah, that is a dream again, like to just have that guitar. Cause it's just that nostalgia to it now. I still don't know yeah. what happened to that guitar. I'm going to have to go through podcasts of Frank talking about that guitar to find out where it ended up. You <laughs> <laughs> might have smashed it. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, guitarist-wise, uh, I don't know that many individual guitarists. I just listen to bands. Like Again, as I said, mm-hmm. Every Time I Die, huge influence for yeah. riff writing and songwriting for cutting up songs. I always used to be a very kind of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo person. Yeah. Whereas every time I die with a band that was like, well, actually, you don't have to repeat two sections. You can just do a song with loads of different sections and then just do mm-hmm. one of them twice. <laughs> right. And it, it was that that kind of changed my songwriting and brought me into like the hardcore punk scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny because, I mean, when I was listening to this EP, I was like, this is very Keith Buckley-esque. Like, yeah. you know, it's in that... And he's one of my favorite, like, aggressive vocalists ever. Yeah, And same. so you're right in that ballpark, which is super cool. Not, not just yeah, blowing smoke. I really... That's the first thing I thought of. Thank you. That's, like, the, the biggest compliment to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, I get this. Yeah. I got some new, got some new lifting tunes. This is going to be great. And I suppose um, in second, it's got to be straight from the path. Like, yeah, politically for where we are as well, like lyrically, they're, they're just on top of their game. Like, I love mm-hmm. listening to their stuff and they take a, a lot of influence from them too. But again, I couldn't actually tell you the name of the guitarist. I listen to them every single day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So what about the uh, the softer side of things? Do you ever just kind of like, I can't, I've been screaming all day and I need to, you know, zone out with some Enya or something like. What is it? Yeah. What is? What do you? What, what do I listen to? Yeah. Um, a lot of Beatles. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I listen to a, a lot of Beatles music, which I I used to absolutely hate them, and then I I flipped and I just saw the magic in it. I suppose like I don't listen to a lot of the early stuff. It's kind of you know rubber soul kind of onwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I vibe out to that a lot. Foles are another one that I can just mm-hmm. sit and 
vibe to. Yeah. I try to think really. Again, there's, I don't really have that vast <laughs> of what I listen to. <laughs> I spend so much time playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose one of my guilty pleasures is a pop band called Busted from the UK, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of them. I have not. No, they no. never broke out of anywhere. They were absolutely huge in England and nowhere else in the world. <laughs> okay. Hey, that works. There's there's uh, artists here that have very successful careers and they never leave the state of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> they just literally never leave Texas. They just tour the whole state and they do really well for themselves. Yeah, so. it's like one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fun. So were your parents... Like, did you grow up in a musical house or was this a thing that you kind of carved out on your own? Uh, guitar playing was on my own. My mum played the piano on and off. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'd you know go to church on a Sunday because she was playing on the piano. So there was always bits of music. But um, I suppose it was just listening to music just made me go, you know, I want to do this. I, I mm-hmm. picked up an acoustic guitar and just started when I was like 11. Uh, completely self-taught. I had a couple of lessons like in high school at lunchtime for half an hour, but most of it was just sitting there and just working out. You know, mm-hmm. YouTube wasn't even that big of a thing when I started. Right. So, <laughs> you know, you were buying yeah. books and looking at diagrams going, how do I do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a different world altogether now. It's so much, yeah. I don't want to be like old man, yells at cloud and like back in <laughs> yeah. my day you know but it really was harder it was i mean because i i'll learn stuff now and what do i do i go to youtube and i'm like oh what is marty schwartz telling me about yeah, how to do this exactly. today you know like because he's already figured it out why do i want to put in all that, that yeah. extra effort? that's the same with teaching sophie drums like it took mm-hmm. me years to get to that point with playing guitar with what the level she's at playing drums. And that was like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Oh, here's a YouTube video. <laughs> you know, oh, go look here. And mm-hmm. it's just so quick. You just learn so quick. It's amazing. Like yeah. there is 100% kids out there right now that are far better guitar players than I am just from watching YouTube. 100%. Oh, yes. Like the game has yes. like gone up and up and up and up. It's it's obscene what some people, like, you know, back in the day I, would, I went to... Uh, I think my first rock concert I ever went to was a Dream Theater. Oh, nice! Yeah. And so, so this was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, was, I think I was not even in high school or just barely in high school. Me, yeah. And I went there, and I was like, "This isn't, this isn't human. Like, this isn't even real." And that's that's still true, right? Yeah. But they were the absolute pinnacle of technical musicianship, in my mind. Yeah. And now there's people on Instagram that are that good. Yeah. You know. I would watch some of these people that um, oh, I can only remember his handle. I can't remember his actual name off the top of my head, but he does a lot of stuff for Chicago Music Exchange. His handle is a Zeppelin, Zeppelin Bonata, I think is yeah. what it is. It's obscene watching that guy play guitar. He does things that I'm like, this isn't, I, I'm, yeah, how I, is this shouldn't even, <laughs> I shouldn't even say that I play guitar compared to what this yeah. guy can do, you know? And, uh, I suppose that's crazy. the beauty of punk, though is that it isn't all about playing well. That's true. It's about playing. <laughs> and I suppose it, we'll it, always have that side. You always have the technical side, and then you have the side that go, I just want to play. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, you know, I play into like a ridiculous amount of pedals. Yeah. 
and I'm playing the pedals half the time as much as I'm playing yeah, the actually is, yeah. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, so I'm like twisting a knob, holding a note, twisting, you know, like doing different things and just trying to, I don't know, just trying to find this thing yeah. that's in here and get it out. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a, that's what the beauty of music is, is it doesn't always have to be technical. No, it's just about, it's just about expressing yourself, isn't it really? Mm-hmm. And I think the sooner like we, we, I mean, we, I love technical proficiency. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I think the sooner most people realize they don't have to do that. Yeah. The better. Because when I was a kid, I thought that's what I had to do. I had to learn how to play like John Petrucci. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same with me with Angus Young. It's like, I have to be that good. I have to be that in time and that good at solos mm-hmm. and stuff. But now I'm just like, I just need to be good. And that's it. I, <laughs> I just need to, I just need to be as, I just need to be able to say the things I want to say on my instrument. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. So if anybody out there is doubting themselves, you know, do it. just think about what he's talking about. He's talking about recording into, you know, I'm assuming a laptop with garage band with some <laughs> no name amp that we, we don't even know what it is. <laughs> and I'm over here like this gear obsessed madman going like, this sounds amazing. This is, you know, like you never know. Yeah. Like, you just never know. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, do you know anything about that amp? Is it like, is it tube? Is it solid state? Um, yeah, I, the head is a Blackstar ID 100. I've had okay. it now. I think I bought it the year it came out because I was just okay. like, yes, finally a Blackstar that isn't a valve because mm-hmm. they just break. Like <laughs> the amount my amp is going in and out of a vehicle, you know, yes. those, those, those bits inside break. So I was like, I need a fully electric amp and it is incredible. Like I've I've just never bought another one since because it's always done the job. It you know it's been mm-hmm. rained on, it's been snowed on, <laughs> and it just it's keeps been, going. <laughs> it's had a Telecaster stabbed into the cabinet. Yeah. I've seen you know. <laughs> yeah, that that cabinet again is even older. I got it off. I think it was Gumtree or some secondhand site for fifty quid years ago. Nice. It was my first ever cab. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've had a different one since. I had a Blackstar cab, but I sold it mm-hmm. because I still preferred the sound of this one. I have no idea what Marshall it is, but it's a 4x12, and the top two speakers I've taken out, so it's wired like a 2x12. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So it's a l- little bit lighter to chuck in the back of the car. And yeah, yeah, and it means I can shove the guitar in the where the top speaker used to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. I gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's fun. So have you, you know, since this kind of blew up, have you been approached by anybody? Like, has any opportunities arisen out of it that you were surprised by? Um, Frank Iero followed us mm-hmm. on Instagram. Oh. And oh, he's such a great dude. We're always quite ballsy. If anyone follows us, we always message them. And we're like, hey, next time you're in the UK, we'd love to support or if not, we'll play outside. <laughs> and, and he just liked the message. And yeah, he sent us a couple of messages since. And that, for us, like the, the inner child was going, that's, oh, yeah. that's the dude from My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah. He's like, such a chill, nice guy, chill. too. Like, he really is. It's, he's, he's such I a really nice like guy. guy. Yeah. Um, so cool. Apart from that, it's just been, we've had a few musicians, I think someone from Bring Me The Rise and started watching our stories and stuff. We've seen that side of things but we haven't been mm-hmm. approached by anyone you know wanting to pick us up for a label or management or anything yet but i suppose again we are also playing 
you know, five times or five days a week at the moment. So there's probably yeah. a lot of people watching going, I'm going to see where this goes before mm-hmm. I jump on. Because, yeah, we'd love to have support, you know, financial support or sponsors to help us do what we do. You know, it's all DIY. Everything we do is funded by that trusty donation bucket that we put out. <laughs> you know, we play twice a day and that funds to get to the next gig. And it is great. But yeah, looking forward, like the guitars behind your wall, like things like that, just the little things of like, you know, someone sponsor us and chuck us a guitar that I haven't got to worry about breaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stuff is, uh, that stuff is, it's hard to come by, you know, because the companies, and I, I know this because this is part of what I do for several different companies, but we get inundated, you know, with, yeah. with requests of that nature and, you know, I hate to say it like this, but like most of the, like what I think people don't understand is it has to be a two way street. Oh, you know? yeah. And there's You've got to be able the, to give that exposure to the company. Yeah. yeah. So there's some people that are just like, I mean, there was a friend of mine. I won't elaborate too much because I don't know if he wants this public, but a friend <laughs> of mine has a small, small company doing guitar stuff. And a guy reached out and, you know, was basically like, can you send me free things for my YouTube channel? And it's like, usually that that's already kind of like, okay. Yeah. And, and then you go over and look and it's like, I don't mean, numbers aren't everything. But when you're trying to, to get something like that, yeah. he has like nine subscribers, literally yeah. nine. <laughs> and so the, you know, he responded nicely, like, sorry, it's not going to work out at this time, but, you know, keep, keep at it and we'll yeah. see what happens, you know. And the guy got mad. Whoa. He got <laughs> mad and was just like, well, I, I this company said yes, and this company said yes, not knowing that like everybody in the gear world talks to each other yeah. for the most part. <laughs> it's like, no, they didn't. Yeah. You know, like you're you're you really don't know how this works, do you? But I think you'll get there. You guys are grinding really hard, and you know, people are finally starting to take notice. And yeah, it's I, it's growing nicely, and I like seeing the growth because that's the exciting part of it of going from absolute nothing. To gradually, there's people on the streets. There's people that are starting to be like, "Hey, that that's that's that band," and it's it's really nice doing it naturally to say mm-hmm. that when we do eventually get picked up, we did that whole bit, us two and our roadie, and that was it. You know, our car, <laughs> our roadie, our, yeah. our cheap gear. We did that ourselves. We grew like this year already. We've gone from I think it was about 800 followers on Instagram just as we were like getting going. To being at nearly five thousand, and that's from April to now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's amazing, and I want to encourage more bands to do it. You know, get a car battery, yeah. set up on the streets, and just do it. The growth do is it. amazing. People will see you. <laughs> it's funny because like we we focus a lot, especially me, focus a lot on social media, and what you're doing is a little bit more of an old school approach. Yeah, but like we mentioned earlier, people have to notice. That's yeah, the thing is like to. you can scroll by a post like uh, da, 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 you know and miss it altogether, but if that happens at, you know as you're walking down the street, whether you like it or not, you're gonna be like, hmm, yeah, that's a exactly. thing, and some people are really gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's the other part because that is the flip side of like us turning up outside sold out shows and playing. At one, you're playing directly to people that are gonna like your music. You go, you're gonna yes. grow fans, but you also don't know who else is there. You know, a lot of industry mm-hmm. people go to see these bands, especially if they're sold out shows. And it, it only takes one 
You know, that's what we all tell ourselves playing in these venues. It only takes one person to walk in and spot you. And we're like, well, if there's only one, I want to play in front of as many as possible. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. So do you do you guys pay attention and think about the like the business aspects of things, you know, as this progresses? Is that something you're really aware of? Yeah. Like before, I've never really done much with money in a band. You know, money came in, you spent it on beer, and then you went back to your day job. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas now we are being more careful, you know, and we've actually made it so we are living off the donations we're earning, which is awesome. really nice. You know, it's still a bit tough living. We still get a bit of government support that's going on at the moment. But, yeah. you know, a fair amount of that is now just people supporting the band, putting money in the bucket, taking merch and all of that. Mm. And yeah, business-wise going forward, we've been quite careful. We've made some decisions. Like last year, we earned enough. So we set up outside Downing Street in London and did a protest from the back of a van. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they announced that they weren't giving any money to the arts industry, and they told us all oh. to go and retrain and find other jobs. So we were like, nah, screw this. Hired a truck, set up outside the Downing Street, and just played a gig to them. and was like, go on then, retrain this. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, that's such a weird... I, I don't think anybody that listens to this podcast would, would argue with that, but it's this weird mindset... Uh, when you start thinking about how art is valued and you start really looking around and seeing art is everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's in everywhere. everything that you, that yeah. you, in, every consumer product it's in every, somebody had to put some creative energy into exactly. it. And so it's yeah. weird how your average consumer doesn't think about it. In yeah, those terms. they don't. They're like, Oh, I just buy this. It's like, yeah, but someone designed that. Someone thought about the coloring, about the shading, you know, mm -hmm. they thought about what they were going to package it in. <laughs> like, yeah, there's dude. so much art everywhere. It's kind of beautiful. Even if it is very consumerist, mm -hmm. we, we have art everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, even in guitar stuff, it's just like looking at yeah. how much goes into that. I mean, it's, it's, I've spent a obscene amount of time obsessing over packaging design. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, again, there's some packaging that you just never throw out. You're like, this is just so good. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, I'm literally got this laptop sitting on three wooden uh, boxes from Chase Bliss, yeah. the guitar pedal manufacturer. <laughs> well, I'm never getting rid of these boxes. That like. <laughs> But yeah, man. Do you like pedals at all? I know you're not really using them currently, but you like um, them? I've dabbled in a few over time. I've had like an effects board and played about with bits, but honestly, it's just been a, a cost thing. I've never yeah. had the spare change to play around with pedals. Whenever mm -hmm. I've been in guitar shops, they're the first thing I go to. You know, I just plug into different pedals and just see what they mm -hmm. do. So moving forward, like, yeah, I our genre could shift dramatically. <laughs> Everyone would be like, they sold out. It's like, no, someone just gave him pedals. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just got reverb pedals yeah. now. Now they're shoegaze. That's what they, which would be cool. I'd like to see what you would do with shoegaze. That'd yeah. Be fun. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm I'm just really stoked because it's, it's, it's not very often I get to talk to somebody at this trajectory, you know? Yeah. You're like really on the, I feel like you're really on the cusp of, of something. Does it feel that way to you? It does. It, it's felt mm -hmm. like it all summer and we're kind of still like waiting. But at the same time, because we just keep going, it's yeah. like 
the, like when the video blew up that night, it was like, yeah, we all rode and joined, got the drinks out. Like it was full on party. But the next <laughs> day we were playing again, you know, by the, right. by the end of the week, it was, you almost forgotten that that video even went viral because so much has happened since. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like we're not even noticing some of the growth because we're just so busy. It's like all of a sudden there's people now turning up on the streets and we're like, when when did that start? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. Like, hang on a minute. That's been like, yes, several weeks now people have done that. And we, we just totally forgot that that never used to be a thing for us. We'd just turn up and be like, are you ready? Yeah, I hope someone likes it. <laughs> <Just play. laughs> that's so that's so awesome. So do you what was the first song you guys did together? Um it was the second to last track, Zombie Generation. That was okay. the first song that I taught Sophie, which is still the most basic song we have. You know, it's just you made it It was just to mm-hmm. get her to feel a song. And mm-hmm. we rarely play it now. Because it was that first song, I think she's overplayed it. (laughs) So if you hear it, it's a rarity. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it's it's such a uh, it's such a cool thing. I'm just yeah, I'm I'm very jazzed for you guys, and and I think that it proves that like hard work just you know it's not a guarantee. No, but it it helps. (laughs) It it helps a lot. You're you get way luckier the harder you work. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, there's there's gonna be somebody at some point. And then it will get a bit more fun for some time. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it doesn't matter if they don't. Because we can keep doing this off our own backs. And we'll Mm -hmm. gradually learn how to book venues and how to do all those things. Just like I learned how to use garage bands. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's important. And it's important. This is the one thing I talk about on this show all the time. Because it makes me so upset that artists continually get left holding the bag and not the yeah. good bag either. You know, like they're they're the ones producing the, you know, the thing that the industry requires, right? Yeah. But yet they're always getting the short end of the stick. And I some of that is due to, you know, getting involved with the wrong people. But also sometimes with artists, so I've noticed it's just like there's not an interest there yeah. to learn about that side. No, they just want to side. play music. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I have some sympathy for that because people have different wiring. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, if you're fortunate enough, you can make a living doing this thing that you love. I guess, unfortunately, you have to learn about contracts, yeah. and tax codes, and yeah. things which are boring and nobody wants it to is. know about, but they can literally change your life. Yeah, so, I, th- I think that's the the difference as well. I. I we keep reminding ourselves we're not just musicians. We're now self-employed. Like we say, explain it like you could go and work for Starbucks and you go to work, you make coffees, you go home, or you could own your own coffee shop or your Mm -hmm. own cafe and you go to work, then you come home and you do your taxes, you do all your income, you set up all your stock. It's the same Mm -hmm. for us. You know, every day we come back home, people keep asking, they're like, can you not play on this day? It looks like you've got a day off. It's like, no, and we have stuff to do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Strings need changing, you know. Gear needs fixing. We need to have a day rest where we fill out forms and sign paperwork and mm-hmm. put the money in the bank and all of that. It's And it's, it's really interesting because it means we get to watch every part of it. There's no one that's taking care of the accounts. We get to watch the money slowly go up, and it's, it's nice. Yeah. 
No, that's that is. I'm so glad that you said that because it's so crucial. And I know that a lot of bands, you know, do that. But just that mentality needs to stay if somebody ever does come knocking. Yeah, you know, because then we'll uh, be just ready. To, yeah, exactly. I just did a an episode with uh, Misha from Periphery, I know. and he said, you know, they they turned down like multiple. I can't remember. How, he said three or four contracts yeah. before they actually did anything because it didn't it didn't the writing it wasn't there yeah. the you know they wanted things they weren't willing to give up and i think a lot of people can get distracted you know one yeah, thing he said that was really important was a great deal from a small label as long as they provide what they say they, they're going to provide is better than a big a bad deal from you know rca or columbia or yeah, something because you're stuck you know? yeah you're stuck and you everyone's like they gotta whatever hundred thousand dollar advance and i think a lot of people don't realize especially at the consumer level that that's a loan with really yeah. bad terms <laughs> yeah yeah they're just banks <laughs> yeah like you might be better off going to a bank yeah <laughs> you know yeah, you probably like, would <laughs> it, it, uh which is just yeah the industry's really strange it's a really weird one especially these days with streaming and oh yeah it all everything. gets very confusing but i think again that's another reason why the donation thing that we do it's going to get yeah. complicated moving forward, but it weeds out a lot of those people. The label totally. that approaches us is going to have to sell that album or record for donations. So mm -hmm. there's not going to be everyone lining up to take that risk. But yeah. the one that does is probably going to be the one that's best suited for us. And I think that's so, important for bands as well, regardless of whether you do something like this, but know what you want from a contract and don't sell. Yeah. When you find that one, those people are going to be the best people to get you where you want to be. Totally. So, so that's interesting too. I hadn't considered that. So when the, if a label comes, you, that's, that's part of the thing. So, yeah. That's the, the top yeah. deal is, you know, we want to flip it from being, we sell t-shirts for X amount, you know, cause everybody knows you can, these t-shirts cost one to three pounds per shirt to make. You know, and the bands are selling them sometimes for 30, 40 pounds. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And we mm -hmm. said, if we flip that, instead of the labels, the management, all having power, the fans have the power. As long as the bands create good art, the finance will come in because the fans will pay it. But it right. puts the pressure on to make good art because there are so many bands that then create incredibly bad art and bad music. <laughs> and they're still rich and famous. And everyone's like, yeah, but they're, they're so bad now. And it's like, all right, let's flip it. You guys now decide, you know, if we put on a crap show, you know, take your money back out of the bucket and be like, you don't deserve that anymore. <laughs> right. But if we do a good show, be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to tip them a bit more tonight because that was really mm. good. And I, yeah. I think that puts a, a big pressure on the industry side of things like management approaching us and labels because there's a lot of risk involved and a lot mm -hmm. of them don't want to take risk anymore they just settle with you know easy kind of bands that will just bring in a little bit of money and they just take a, a few of them whereas we're here to say you know go big or go home you know take the chance with us i think you might be the perfect band to just not yeah. You know what I mean? We've still been thinking that, just going ahead. You know, there may never be a label. We may set up our own and just, you know, do it ourselves. I I would argue that that was, would 
be better. That would be my approach. Yeah, that, that's, it our, just isn't... that's our main thought going forward, but we're always mm-hmm. open to other people getting involved. Like we laughed and said like we could just put on a contract and be like, if a label is approaching us, you know this is a donation, right? You know, we don't have to give it back. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and if someone was stupid enough to sign it, or they were like, actually, no, yeah, we think this could work, you know, take a 50-50 cut on donations, mm-hmm. something like that with a label. There may be one of them mad enough to do it, but we're fully prepared to just do it ourselves anyway. There's a lot to be said for that. And I, I'm friends with uh, Tobias. He's a, here in here in Portland, there's a band called Softkill. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but uh, he's a big proponent of just like, I mean, and they did some label stuff back in the day, but yeah, you know, that band's pretty successful as far as like, you know, having a, a he's a big gearhead, you yeah. know, so he gets to get his guitars that he likes and it's not like they're just swimming in money. No, but, but they live. They're comfortable, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's he credits a lot of that to, well, the fans, A, yeah. like that want to support, but B, they own everything. Yeah. There is nobody else involved, so there's less people trying to eat off that same pie. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And the, you guys as a two-piece... Yeah, it's really easy. It's even better. You know what I mean? It we, really it just goes so much further. Yeah, we do you know? have a roadie that comes with us, a guy called Blake. We absolutely love him. And like mm-hmm. luckily enough, through what we've been doing, we're able to pay him a little bit each time he comes with us. Because like nice. we said, we you know, everyone does a job. I may be the one throwing the guitar around and screaming into a megaphone, but that doesn't happen if we don't have the help from someone lifting the gear, someone loading the car driving and things like that and just helping and i mm-hmm. we set out to go if someone's helping us like that they get paid because so course. many people get screwed over where they're like oh yeah you know i'll give you a free ticket or free this now we'll always offer to pay people for their work you know mm-hmm. even photographers that approach us most of them they're like oh, they send us their stuff and we're like hey can we make a donation to you most of mm-hmm. them say oh no 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 that's cool you know have what you want but if they say yes we make them a donation for their art because it's work for everyone. Of course. Yeah. Spread it around. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's how... People donate to us and we want to then, as we grow, be able to do that back to others too. Mm-hmm. Spread it around. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, some economic theories about different communities and it didn't really matter which community you were talking about, but the value of, you know, a dollar or a pound or whatever circulating like seven to ten times in the yeah. community before it leaves and goes somewhere else. I never really thought about that in those yeah. terms, right? Where it's like, oh, because I guess the the concept was being was being presented as, you know, for most communities, it goes one to three times. Yeah. It exchanges hands before it leaves. And, now, and the more you can focus in on supporting your own, yeah, the, the, the better it is for everybody, even off of that same dollar. Yeah. You know, that same you know, unit, whatever that happens to be. Yeah, like I spent a, a lot of time kind of studying politics and things like that on the side. I was part of a, I don't think you even have them in America, but it's like local councils. And I was like on a town council thing as a... We kind of, kind kind of do, of depending things. on where you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and seeing how inefficient everything was, like I then just brought that into a band situation and was like, I just want to make everything as efficient as possible, as simple as possible, and just mm-hmm. try something new. I was like, it doesn't work in politics. You can't change that. <laughs> you know, you, no. we, that's someone else's <laughs> game. I'm not getting involved, you know. But right. music is something that 
can be changed. It can be, you know, manipulated. It doesn't have to be one way or another. And you mm-hmm. can show someone a different way and some bands then, you know, it'd be great if more bands were like, actually, no, this donation thing kind of works, you know, letting mm-hmm. the fans be in control. It'd be great to see more move forward, but it doesn't push out the others that don't want to. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of music. Totally, totally. I just well, that gives me some ideas. I'll have to talk about with you off the air. Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's some other things. But um, yeah, man, I just I'm so glad to have you on. You know, I know we didn't like get into real heavy into the gear stuff. It was more just higher level, just music talk. Yeah. But that's I, that's I promise that fine. once we have made it to a higher level, and I've got those pedals and I've got those amps, I'll be back on and actually know what I'm talking about with them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you've ever, you know, I know it's a long, long ways off probably, yeah. but if you ever find yourself in Portland, you, you look me up and yeah, yeah, definitely come to the shed and we'll do something stupid. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like we, since that video went viral, we've had so many messages being like, "Come to this state, come to this city in America," and we're like, mm-hmm. "We'd love to." So you know, just manifesting, visualizing myself. That's right in that room. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, you can come here. It'll be great. We'll have a good time. All right, man. Well, I do have. We're we're getting close to the end here, and this yeah. is the point in the show where I have a couple classic questions to wrap up on. Yeah. But before I do that, I just want to give you a chance to you know shout out you know your great aunt or uh, <laughs> you know say whatever you want to say. This is your chance to say it to a couple thousand people. You know. Oh wow! Always put on the spot. As I know, there's. I just want to thank everyone that's helped us and shown us that this really works. You know, it was a real risk us doing this and going, mm-hmm. you know what, it's this or nothing. I, you know, there was no jobs, but everything was shut. Everyone was just getting pennies from the government. And I was like, I just want to do something. And now seeing people, you know, messages from all over the world being like, want to see you play here. I want you to play on the streets here. Like, it's just so encouraging to know that what we're doing people love you know they really love what we're doing there just the odd donations you get like a couple of quid from someone being like hey i love what you're doing sorry it ain't much but keep on rocking it's like that means so much to me because that's the kind of thing that i'd do i'd be like oh i'm sorry man it's not that much but i absolutely love it so i can feel like people's passion for what i'm doing it just makes Mm -hmm. me keep going so yeah thank you to like everyone that's turning up to the gigs sharing our videos like i know every artist says it but I feel you because I was there the other side <laughs> for so yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, man. So this this one might not this might be a, a, a first time where this question is not all that meaningful to you to yeah. to you in particular, but I'll be curious to see where you go with it. So what is your favorite boss pedal? Do you okay. if you have one? I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've caught me there. Mm-hmm. Like if you could give me a selection, I'd probably be able to pick one. But I remember having a boss. I had, I think, a flanger at one point. Okay, maybe a BF two or something. Something like that. I remember Is having like a couple of boss pedals. This was really early on. Yeah, like we're talking, yeah, good ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we'll, we'll recap on that question in a, in a couple okay. of years. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that might be the case, but you know, that's cool anyway. But for now, I'm going to put you in the BF2 category. Yes, yeah. that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite boss pedals. Uh, the pink BF2 flanger. Sure, we'll go with that. That probably works. was that. It was a pink one. 
Yeah. Okay. It probably was a BF2. Though. Yeah. That's a great pedal. Yeah. Really is. Okay. And this is the last, uh, the last question. This one gets a little dicey. This is where people get real controversial and <laughs> families break up. Uh, but here we go. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, now I'm a vegan, so obviously it's vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to spice things up. I like the fake mm. meats, but there's got yeah. to be pineapple on it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm he's sorry. doing it. I, I just, close I just love <laughs> that, that sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really controversial when it comes to pizza ordering. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be get you in trouble if you ever find yourself in Italy. You might yeah. be in, in jeopardy there. Yeah, you yeah, might dangerous. have to just not ask for the pineapple and just take some from a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right on, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you so thank much you. for coming on and hanging out. This was great. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it's been great to be put among so many incredible musicians that have been guests for you. Like to now be one of them is, yeah, huge honor. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Well, keep doing the thing and uh, I'm sure you'll be back. Yes. It'll be fun. Nice one. See you again soon. Absolutely. All right, everybody. For Jake. This is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you have it. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed that episode, and if you like, you know, punk and heavier styles of music, I definitely want to encourage you to check out Glitchers, and I really want to encourage you to support your local music scene. It's a tough, tough way to try to make a living, and it's cool to see a young band like theirs going at it in a you know, I don't want to say it's a entirely new fashion, but it's a relatively new fashion for the style of music. And it's cool that it's working. So please give them some love. If you can, go check them out. Give them a follow. All that good stuff. And if you would like more of this conversation, you can find it over on Patreon or on the Apple subscription feed. So if you're an Apple user, you probably noticed a little change to your feed lately. And you can see a little button that says, Support the podcast and get extra content. Well, that is exactly the content that has been over on Patreon for all these years. And uh, it's just an easier way for you to access that. Should you need more of my blabbering in your ears and you deem it worthy, which I really, really, really appreciate. And if you can't do that right now, I totally get it. But as always, if you could share this with somebody, tell somebody about it, Talk to your local guitar tech about it. Anybody you think might enjoy this show, please share it with them. It honestly helps so, so much. So thank you very much to everybody, and I will be talking with you very, very soon. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help 
everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.